This podcast is brought to you by Kingdom at Work. Every leader needs an intentional plan to see transformation take place in their organization. The Kingdom Leadership Workshop exists to help you build that plan. Learn more at www.kingdomatwork.com slash events. Kingdomatwork.com slash events. Hey, welcome to I Work Room this afternoon as we are going to have a conversation today. I think it's going to blow your mind a little bit because it blew my mind as I read this book. But before we get to Dave Kale and his book, The Good Book on Business and the conversation, I really want to make sure we know that you know how to how to engage with us on social media and our website because we love to hear from you, our listeners. That's right, Jim. So um, this week, specifically, if people go to our website and our Facebook and um, all of the different social platforms, it is Giving Tuesday tomorrow. And so um, they will see something that says, Be the Gift, and that will be a good indicator that they are in the right spot. And we just really believe that all of us can be a gift to those around us by being the light of Christ in our workplace. And so that's kind of where we went with that theme for Giving Tuesday. And hopefully people can um, be a gift uh, in their workplace and do that through helping I Work For Him move into 2019. Yeah, to those all around the country that have yet to hear the message of I Work For Him, the fact that their work matters to God, the fact that their workplace really is a mission field, the fact that they may be the only Jesus or co-workers and employees may ever meet, that message is for you, our listeners. That's why we love for you to connect with us online, iworkforhim.com. You know, I think we can all agree that God created work. We've talked about that enough on the show. God is a worker. He's a creator. He's always doing something in billions of places at the same time. But what I'm not sure we can all agree yet on is that God gave us work as a gift and a calling, and that he gave you work so that he could work alongside of you. Work. We all get to do it. A Romans 12.2 paradigm on work would be to recognize that God is pro-business, and that this work is a gift from God, and to recognize that he wants you and me to walk along the side of him through the day, each and every day, recognizing that our work really is a gift. Today, we're going to explore this concept and so many more with Dave Kale. Dave recently wrote the book, The Good Book on Business, but this isn't a book just for business. If you're not a business person listening today, don't tune out because the concepts today, I think, are going to stretch your understanding of scripture in a way that I've, I've never had my own mind stretched. This is the freshest look at the faith and work in movement and the faith and work and business that I have read in a really long time. Dave Kale, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Hey, Dave, we ask this question of every first-time guest. We always ask, hey, how did you come to be a follower of Jesus? What's your story? Well, I, uh, you know, I was raised uh, in a very uh, uh, religious uh, uh, home, and I, uh, you know, a Catholic home, Catholic schools, high schools, and so on. And I uh, grew disenchanted with that as a teenager, and then uh, found myself just really searching. And I, you know, I did uh, Eastern religions, and I did yoga, and I did Zen, and just really knew that something was missing, and I couldn't find what it was. And then along came a book. I was uh, at this point, I was 24 years old, and maybe you remember, maybe some some of the listeners remember the great late the late great planet Earth. Mm-hmm. And it's, Hal uh, Lindsey, right? In, in, yeah, yeah. Hal Lindsey's End Time Prophecy, and it was big, a huge uh, bestseller. Anyway, it's End Time Prophecy. It's a revelation, and and I read the book. Somebody gave it to me, and it just absolutely scared me to death. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, honestly, it was I was frightened, and I. Uh, found a, uh, a Christian uh, preacher and started to study with him, 
and uh, you know would read uh, during the week and and visit with him. And uh, after about six months or so, I decided this is this is what's been missing. And I was baptized, became a Christian when I was twenty four years old. Mm, that's so fabulous. So, you know, what an encouragement for people to hear that, you know, something um, that can just stir your mind can then up, end up changing your life. So where in your walk then did you start to make the connection between your faith and your work? Well, you know, I I, I think um, pro- probably when I went into business for myself. So I, so I had a career as a salesperson, a divisional manager, regional manager, and so on and so forth. And uh, then I left that and went into private practice as a uh, what I call a sales authority. And um, it was in that private practice where I, uh, you know, I, uh, and, and of course, this is this is one of my points in regards to business. There's nothing like business to drive you to uh, a relationship with the Lord. And, you know, the ups and downs of the countless decisions yeah. that you have to make. And I, I just, uh, I began to see uh, how important uh, God was in my business. In, in 1994, this is almost before the business as mission movement, in 1994, I wrote my company's vision and mission and values statement. And, I, you know, I started out saying this company is, uh, is owned by God, and our, our purpose is to, is to do His will. And that was in my mission statement in 1994. So mm-hmm. I was there, but I, but I wasn't... Um, it was it was almost kind of instinctive, almost intuitive. I hadn't fleshed out the concepts and things the way I have today. That's what I was going to ask you then. If you had somebody that was living there as an example in front of you, or God just kind of stirred it in your own business mind? No, there was no example, honestly. It, okay. uh, and, and the business that I was in, and, and still am to some degree, uh, was uh, you know sales training and and uh, writing and so on. It was a pretty solitary business, so... No, there, there was. Uh, I, I really have had no mentor along the way. Hmm. That's too bad you hadn't gotten exposed to Stanley Tam back then, because he had written a book back in the late '60s about God owns my business. What a phenomenal book written at a time when nobody was really living out that idea. I got to read that book only about ten years ago. It was, it was just so phenomenal. So we're talking with Dave Kale today about his brand new book, The Good Book on Business: Lessons from the Number One Bestseller of All time. Dave, let's get into the concept of the book. Let's just, because you're going to present some stuff today that a lot of people have never really heard before. Where did work come from? Well, it, it, it came about in, uh, right, right at the beginning of creation when God created Adam. You know, he said, Adam, uh, basically, I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing now, he said, Adam, uh, I'm going to put you in charge of the garden. Your job is to work it and care for it. And then, uh, just a few verses later, he gives. So, so he establishes to Adam his lifetime endeavor. I mean, this is what you're going to do. This is how you're going to occupy your time, Adam. Work and take care of the garden. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then he gives. And then he gives him his first task within. So, within that larger framework of this is what this is how you're going to spend your time. Then he gives him a very specific task, and the task was, Adam, I want you to name the animals. And this is what is just so important, so precedent-setting. God says, I will bring them to you, and you name them. So teamwork 
You know, the <laughs> very first task given to man, God says, I'm going to work with you. And he sets the precedent, and this is a precedent that we see throughout the Bible, I mean, over and over and over again, God gives man the task and works with him to complete that. Okay, so, so in these, I, 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 hang on, now hang on just a second, David, because okay, what, you okay. just, the, what you just said is so... I mean, I have been reading my Bible since I was a little kid. Well, since I was 13 years old. I have been going to church since I was a little kid. I have that concept of the fact that God gave us work and then says he wants to work alongside of us. That's a powerful, powerful, powerful concept. And so I want to dig into that deep. I don't want to brush past that really too fast, because if we got one thing communicated the entire hour today, that one thing is so important. So you're saying that you believe that God gives us work, which we, I think we can all agree on that. God gave us work, but then he wants to work alongside of us. And, and you use the first example is that, that he told Adam, I want you to name all the animals, but then he brought the animals to Adam. And what other places in scriptures is, are there examples where God worked alongside of us? Oh, over, over and over. Once, see, here's the thing, Jim. Once, once you open your mind to it, you see it all over the place. So, you know, uh, let's talk about Noah. Who brought the animals? God mm. did. Who gave them the, yeah. the directions? God did. Talk about um, Moses and uh, you know. Wait, you, you missed the part. Out. Who you missed the part? Who grew the trees seven hundred years <laughs> earlier so they were there for him to harvest <laughs> yeah. and build the ark? There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. So you know Moses and uh, and you know the whole thing with uh, the Pharaoh. And uh, you know the, all of the all of the curses and, and the problems that God brought on Pharaoh through Moses. I mean, Moses and God are working together. God gave Moses the, the challenge: take these, you know, take the, the Israelites to uh, Promised Land, and I'm going to work with you. Over and over. I mean, it's once you once you got that idea, you can't help but see in almost every Bible story, the entire Bible. You see that over and over and over again. Here's, it's so here's true. Point, uh, it's so true. Here's the point that I, that I when really we come want back, to when we come back, lots more with Dave Kale, K A H L E. Well, that's really important. It's not. It's not spelled like the salad. He's got a little H in there. But what he's got is so much better for you than what kale tastes like. He's got a website full of incredible resources that Martha and I are going to talk with Dave Kale about in just a minute. Dave Kale, welcome back to I Work for Him. Thank you. All right. So right before the break, you were starting to make this really great point, but I had to interrupt you because we had to go to break. Talk to me. What yeah. was on your heart? Well, you know, you're, you just mentioned that you never really see some, seen some of the uh, concepts before. My point is that most Christians have never seen them before because they haven't looked for them. Mm-hmm. And the reason they haven't looked for them is because they've been content to, to just accept, uh, you know, the, the, the concepts and the ideas put forth by what I call the religious establishment. So we've never, we've never looked for them. They, I mean, they've been there in the Bible. The whole time, but nobody ever looked for it. Mm-hmm. So why Good. didn't we see it? Because we didn't look for it. Good point. Well, and and there's so many people that that would that say that you know business business is a, a modern idea. The business is is not a you know that it's yeah that it's you know it's just from it's from the industrial revolution that before that business didn't really matter. There's a lot of that concepts where where the the church sometimes can be seen as being anti-business yet. In your book, you spent a ton of time really focusing on the fact that business was God's idea, don't you? Oh, absolutely. And, and, and not only is it his idea, but 
uh, I believe that he has organized uh, his people along lines of, you know, at, at the top are, are uh, people groups and then uh, the tribes and then households, which is another name for what I call a biblical business. In the Old Testament and the New Testament, when you see the word household, understand that's not a family, that's a business. Okay, wait, 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 okay, okay, wait, okay, now, I think you're getting a little carried away, no, I actually don't, I totally agree with you, but I want us to step back for a second and explain this to all of us, because everybody listening today is going, wait a minute, he just said that when we read household in the Bible, you're saying that really can be interpreted as business, where do you get that idea? Yeah, well, you know, it jumped out, I mean, sometimes these simple little scriptures that we just pass over, so this is in uh, Genesis uh, 2.19, when uh, the story is Abraham, you know, a lot, and his family was captured, mm-hmm. and Abraham is gathering, and the verse says, and Abraham gathered 318 trained men who had been born in his household and went in pursuit of Lot. Now, because you think, and this is a story about Lot and Abraham, you, you, you just gloss over that, but just stop a minute. 318 trained men who had been born in his household. How big was Abraham's family at this point? Well, he, he didn't have only, any kids even. He only had his wife, Sarah. There were no children. He was childless. <laughs> right. 318 trained men yeah. who had been born in his house. How many untrained men? How many mothers and fathers? How many sisters and brothers? How many too old or too young? His household probably was in the thousands. Mm. And he had no children at this point in his life. His household was an economic entity, not a family. And, you know, when you really look at, I mean, Abraham had tremendous influence in Canaan. Uh, people, he was well respected because when Sarah did die, you know, somebody said, "Hey, you know, here's a field in the middle of our land. We'd love to be able to sell you the cave." I mean, everybody knew who he was, and and obviously with those 318 trained men, he was able to take back from the people that 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 beat up on Sodom, uh, get back all the plunder. I mean, it was a that's a sizable army since most of the kings were just rulers of a single city. Abraham seems like that's where he was at. So how this concept of household, what, what, did a, what did a household from back, you know, 3,500 years ago, what did that look like? Well, there, were, there, there was family. There were also servants and slaves and employees. And I'm, you know, I don't have all the scriptures right in front of me, but it's in the book. And, you, I mean, there's definitely a scriptural uh, background for every, every single uh, thing I just said. So households were entities, economic entities, whose first purpose was the economic uh, welfare of of the of the folks in that household. And they were families, yes, they were, but they were also uh, slaves, servants, and employees. So that whole that whole unit of people gathered for a purpose, working together. And God is right there in the middle of it saying, I'm going to work with you. That's how I'm going to interact with you in your work. Just like he did with with, uh, Adam, so he did throughout the entire Bible. So I just want to remind our listeners that we are speaking with Dave Kahl, K-A-H-L, in his new book called The Good Book on Business. 
And we are going to um, be giving away a copy of that to our listeners. If they will stay, stay, hang in with us and call into the listener line, um, they can enter to win a copy of that book today. And Dave, Dave will send that out to them. I have a question. You're pointing at something. Yeah, I can't. E. There's an E at the end. Oh, K-A-H-L-E. I didn't say the E? No. Okay. I didn't. I couldn't tell what Jim was pointing at on there. And the print is small from across the room. So anyway, my question then about this, if I am now understanding a better um, have a better description in my head of what household really means. How can I use that information as I'm reading scripture to interpret it better? Like, how does this help me in my um, in my better understanding of God and work? Well, it, there's there's just so much. It's hard to know where to start, Martha. But let's just begin, uh, let's just start at uh, at the very end. You know, the New Testament, the Book of Acts. The early church was um, expanded uh, in, a, in a large measure by converting whole households at a time. In other mm. words, the whole business converted to Christianity at one time. And, and there, are four, there are four examples of that in the book of Acts. The most, prob- probably the most well-known is Lydia, mm-hmm. you know, the, uh, who, who uh, was the uh, seller of purple, and the and the scripture says Lydia and her whole household were yes. converted and baptized, and then Lydia invites the apostles in to stay at her home. So read whole household as her entire business. Mm-hmm. All the slaves, all the family, all employees, you know, all the servants, everybody at one time. Now there are three other examples of the entire business at one time converting to Christ. So we see, you know, just how can that be used? Well, there's a lesson, there's a lesson in there mm-hmm. for folks today. Mm-hmm. You know, here's, here's, and it's, you know, once you, once you begin to get the, the fetters off of, uh, of, uh, you know, your mind begin to see things, uh, in a little different light, you just see all kinds of things. For example, look at, look at God's wisdom in cre- in converting a whole household at one time. You know, what modern churches try to do when people come in is they try to create community, didn't need it because community was already there. They tried to put in struct- uh, a, a uh, authority system and structure, didn't need it, it was already there. They mm-hmm. had tried to have something in common, didn't need it, it was already there. Right. See, God took that structure that was already there, flipped it for his purpose. Bam, just like that. We have a we have a whole new group of Christians who already know each other, already have uh, you know reason to be together, already yep. have authority and substance and infrastructure and structure already there. He just flipped <laughs> it over wow. four times, four times in the New Testament. Yes. Well, yeah, I mean, there's the the family that uh, Peter went to when he learned that he could uh, uh, when he wasn't supposed to judge what he ate anymore. That everything right. was, uh, I mean, that whole family. But let's just talk about the practical. Of this what is why does this matter? How, I mean, how do we, how do we take this concept of household and, and as people that work in businesses or people that work for organizations or people that run those organizations or, or own those businesses, how does this concept shift that paradigm in a, in a permanently Jesus focused fashion? Because this is, this is really big stuff. It, Jim, it changes everything. And, and I, I know that's a, that's a strong statement, but it, it, it's huge. Here's, here's 
So, so let me, uh, you know, I've got to, I got to go off on a little bit of a tangent here, in regards to to the institutional church system, which has spent uh, fifty four, I'm sorry, five hundred forty billion dollars in the last twenty years, and is losing market share. Yeah. So we, so we have, so we have this system of churches and pastors and denominations and seminaries and people who sell them, so on and so on, and and it it's losing market share. I just stop for a minute. You know, there are fewer Christians today than there were 20 years ago, but we burned through $540 billion in that whole thing. What entity, what, if, you, if you just took a little business perspective and say, what business would we allow that to happen? $540 billion. The problem isn't a new branch or a new branch manager or something like that. The problem is there's something wrong with the model. Well, when Everybody we come would back, when we come Something's back, wrong we... with the model. We're talking with Dave Kale today. He's written his book, The Good Book on Business, Lessons from the Number One Bestseller of All Time. Dave's last name is spelled K-A-H-L-E. I tell you that because DaveKale.com is the website you need to go to. Now, Martha, when you were checking out Dave, as I was reading the book, you're checking out his website. You said there's a lot of phenomenal resources out there. Let's talk about that. Yeah, Dave, so I, I don't have all of the books in front of me, so I want you to just kind of give us an example of some of the other things that you have written because I think that you you have a very interesting vantage point and a lot of expertise behind that. And as our listeners can hear, also a little bit of passion behind what you're doing. Yeah. So tell us yeah. a few of the other titles that you have written. Well, I've, uh, I have uh, three titles for uh, Christians uh, and uh, ten for uh, business people and salespeople. So the, uh, the other Christian titles, one is called, Is the Institutional Church Really the Church? And that's that's an examination of just what the title says, and mm-hmm. that's, you, you know you can find that on on the Dave Kale website or on Amazon. Okay. Another one is sort of is sort of my personal story of uh, trying to be a Christian salesperson, and it's called the heart of a Christian salesperson, and it's sort of my story, uh, uh, you know, in in my career as a salesperson and then later uh, a sales authority. And then on the on the business side, uh, gee, I've written ten books, uh, probably the uh, the one that's most uh, popular is a book called How to Sell Anything to Anyone, Anytime, and that's gone worldwide. Uh, that's one of four books that have gone uh, uh, around the world and are you know, translated in multiple languages and so on. Excellent. Uh, one, one other that I'll mention is 11 Secrets of Time Management for Salespeople, mm. which again is a worldwide book. It's, it's available all over the world. Excellent. So I just want to encourage our listeners, if they like what they're hearing and they want to hear more um, by somebody who has this heart, because even though you say those are those are kind of like your, um, you know, your plain glass, as we call it, business books, they're still written by somebody with a heart for God. And so yeah. even though you probably don't have business or biblical principles laid out in there, um, I just think it, there's probably a lot of great things. And to, to hear a sales book, for, you know, book on sales from from someone who um, is living by biblical principles, it, it's got to be a, a great help for people. So I just want to encourage our listeners to check out his website, and that is Dave Kale, Dave, K-A-H-E-L.com. L-E. L-E. Why am I having such a hard time know. with that? I'm sorry. I got it right here in front of me. K-A-H-L-E it's dot com. It's a long weekend. Just messed I up. I don't know. Yet. Too okay. much turkey. All right. Sorry. We're just trying to challenge our listeners today. <laughs> we're, just, we're so excited. We're going to get to talk with Dave Kale today about his book, The Good Book on Business. Dave, right before the break, we were talking about things, you know, $540 billion that's been spent by the church in the last 
uh, 20 years, yet, yet are losing market share. And a lot of that money's been spent on buildings, big buildings. Um, and I don't want to get into, you know, the, I don't want to get into too much on what's wrong with the church, but I want to talk about how do we take this concept of household and how do we take this and impact the marketplace for Jesus? That's what I want to know. And, and Dave, yeah. was Jesus behind this idea? Because, you know, we talked about a lot of Old Testament examples and then a couple of New Testament ones, but was Jesus into this? Well, uh, you got a couple questions there. Let me let me go back to the first question, and, and then I then I circle around to the question about Jesus. But you know, the question is how you know how can how can this make a difference? This household thing, and it's this: for generations, business people have been on the sidelines uh, in terms of the expansion of the kingdom. They have thought of themselves, and and I have too. As a matter of fact, I wrote an article called Second Class Christians." Mm-hmm. We you know we just feel that we'll never measure up because we're not. Didn't, weren't trained in a seminary and so on and so forth. And so for, uh, for the vast majority of Christian business people, Christianity is going to church on Sunday, and it's got nothing to do with your business. Now, if we could, if we could just tap in to some of that potential that sits in that pew and say, hey, wait a minute, you are not a second-class citizen. You are a first-class. As a matter of fact, you're God's first choice to expand the kingdom to be a conduit for his blessings of, of, of financial prosperity and uh, spiritual gifts and so on. If we could unleash the potential of Christian business people, we would change the world. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so talk about change the world. How did that whole idea that as Christ followers, we're not second-class citizens, as Christ followers, our businesses really matter, our work really matters, God, how did that whole idea um, impact the early church? Well, again, you know, you saw the you saw the early church. You saw when uh, when uh, Christians were converted. Uh, often they were converted as a group, the whole church. And then, as the church began to meet together, the primary meeting place was in the homes and businesses of business people. I mean, you, you don't see that because you're not looking for it. But once you once you begin to get again get the blinders off, mm-hmm. and you'll see you'll see. Uh, Paul writing to people at the church that meets at so-and-so's house, the church that meets at so-and-so's house, and tell the people in this household, you know, you see those kind of just, it, it, I mean, he didn't write paragraphs about households, but in his greetings and salutations, things like that, he's, he's putting forth the idea that households are where most of the action is. Not only conversion, but, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the expansion and the, and the developing of, of the folks afterward, you know, the, the growing up of Christians afterward, for the most part, now not, not exclusively, but for the most part, it's happening in the homes and businesses of business people, households. It's all about, it's, it is all about households. Now, let me, let me so, so if we can get that idea, if Christian business people can understand that they, it's, it's not business as mission, it's business is ministry. Right. I don't call it BAM, I call it BIM. Business is ministry. You are a minister. You are a pastor of your folks, who are the, the, the people who God has put into yes. your center of influence, right. your employees, your customers, your vendors. If we can get that idea across and people can start understanding that they are ministers in the kingdom, oh my goodness. I mean, the potential, like I say, in a, in a decade, we could transform this country. Okay, but there's a lot of people listening today, not but, but in, 
One of the challenges is there's a lot of people listening today that don't own a business. They may work in a business, but there's a lot of people that work in the government, work in healthcare, work in the education system, and they're trying to figure out their place in all of this. How does that translate into your idea behind household? Well, households are composed of family, servants, slaves, and employees. So, so one can be an employee for a business and understand that this role is a God-given role. This is a ministry that you are operating in a unit here that ha- is on a is on a mission, and so you have a you have a part of that mission. I mean, it's it's a, again, it's an incredibly freeing, exciting concept to grab onto, and and it's the biblical concept. We just we just haven't heard that preached from the pulpit, but it's but it's there anyway. I love that. Hey, we're talking today with Dave Kale. He's written this book, The Good Book on Business, Lessons from the Number One Bestseller of All Time. Check him out online, Dave Kale, K-A-H-L-E dot com, K-A-H-L-E, Dave Kale dot com. We're giving away a copy of his book today, 866-713-9675, 866-713-WORK. If you'd like to get a copy, just call into the listener line, leave us a message. All right, I want to. I want you to give us some examples of what's this look like for people because you've got some great examples in the book, and one of them is the story of performance systematics. Systematics. I think I got that right. Yeah, can yeah. Can we really succeed in convincing Christ followers that their work that the workplace they leave? Because that guy that did that one, if I remember this correctly, he wasn't the owner, but he ran a division of this company, and he said he was going to lead it by kingdom principles. And it's a pretty great story. Yeah, yeah, and and it's Glenn. Yeah, and so so yep, he's not the owner, uh, and he is he is the CEO of the company, but he's not the owner, and uh, he is uh, he is trying to lead that company as a business uh, as a ministry, and uh, so he and he's had conversations uh, with the owner, and the owner is all for it because the results are so good. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's got a great culture within the organization. Um, a lot, a lot of the key people are Christians, himself included. Uh, he talks about uh, he walks the he walks the floor every day when he gets when he uh, comes into work. He greets people and asks from time to time, "Is there anything he can pray for them about?" And and uh, they'll and if they get permission, which which happens all the time, he'll stop right then and pray with them. People will come into his office and, and pray with them, and he is uh, implementing biblical principles with with the approval of the owner who is not a christian so is it possible yeah of course it is of course it is he's doing it you know and that's really the thing that we want our listeners to take away is just the encouragement um that they that where they are is where god wants them to be and that god can use them in that place in this household concept you know within their the organization whatever it is whether they are um, the customer service on the phones, whether they are packing in the warehouse. Um, there's so many places where we can um, have influence over, over other people with a biblical perspective. And that's really um, the encouragement for um, our listeners is to, to hear these stories, to read books like this, The Good Book on Business by Dave Kale, and um, really be encouraged to say, okay, how, how am I really supposed to be looking at my work and what can I be doing for the kingdom? So, Dave, let me ask you this question. If somebody's already well into the development of a business, maybe they're five or ten years into it, and they didn't have an idea of this concept, they didn't have any idea that their work really mattered to God, that their business really was a place of ministry, 
can they transform, can a business be transformed into this whole idea of a biblical business? <laughs> I'm, I, I'm really surprised at that question, because we hadn't talked about this beforehand. Yes, I, <laughs> we, have, we have a course called the Biblical Business Course. Hmm. It's a 12-session course designed for existing businesses, the, the owner of existing businesses, to take them through the steps to transform it into what I call a biblical business. Excellent. So is, is it possible? Absolutely. It happens all the time. It's absolutely possible, and you will even help them with that process through this course. Exactly. That's exactly. It's exciting. So they can find out about that on your website, DaveKale.com, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, I have an, I have another website. Let me give you that one. Okay. Well, it's called www.thebiblicalbusiness, the biblical ah. business. And it's okay. actually, so there's lots of links on the Dave Gale site. Yes. So you can get to it through that, or you can go okay. directly to it. But it's, it's on the front page there. Very Biblicalbusiness.com? Yes. yes okay, perfect. All right, when we come back... I want to look at I want to look at another another example because you got another one in your in your or in your book the good book on business Inno Group and I want to hear the story of Inno Group too. But as we're talking with Dave Kale, he's written this book and it's a book I really want you to just take a step back because it's a little bit different concept than we've ever really talked about on I Work for Him before. But I love 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 it, Martha. I don't know what about you this this book. Well, I think it's called The Good Book on Business by Dave Kale, and you can find out more about it on his website, davekale.com. And we are also giving away a copy of the book today to one lucky caller, 866-713-9675 is our phone number for that. Um, What I think is it's, it's just, when you said it at the beginning of the show, Jim, you said a fresh look. And I think one of the dangers we have whenever we read scripture is really not having the cultural perspective that helps us to understand um, some of this back behind the scenes that we don't get. And you and I have that cultural Bible for that very reason, because it really does open our eyes to things like this concept of household, um, which I'm going to go read about it a little bit in there. But just to to realize that there's more to the story that we're not getting the first time through because we haven't looked at it through the eyes of our own work. So, Dave, if you were to tell, if you were to say, okay, boy, I've got, I've got, I work for him listeners listening across the country and through podcasts around the world. And you said, boy, I want to make sure that because not everybody's going to get a chance to read your book. There's three points that are earth shattering, uh, you know, biblically centered, um, paradigm shifting ideas. What are those three ideas you want to make sure people understand if they don't get a chance to read your book, even though we wish they would? Yeah, well, I, I think uh, first that God established business as the first place, in, and I'm talking about in order of sequence, the first place for him to engage with and interact with mankind. And uh, again, you know, if, if, if anybody out there is an independent business person, they know exactly what I'm talking about, because all the ups and downs and billions of decisions you have to make just bring you to God. He wants, he wants that. You know, he wants to have a relationship with you, and it is in business and in work that he is first established that principle, that he's going to relate with you and to you in your work. That's number one. Number mm-hmm. two, the, this idea of a biblical business being, being the, uh, the unit, of the organizational unit, really, truly, for the economic activity of mankind, what, what that means is if, as individuals, we can seriously pursue this concept of a biblical business, tr- trying to 
transform our business into a kingdom entity with with God in charge as the senior partner. You know, if if we can do that, we are going to have we're going to impact uh, generations of people. We're going to impact employees. We're going to impact customers and vendors. We are going to have an impact that is generations deep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if we can do that, if we can get if, – now, that's just one person in one business. But if we could multiply that, if we could multiply the number of biblical businesses, we could change the economy. We could, we could change the political environment. We could – this country could once again be a light to the world because of the, the, the soundness of the business operated by Christian businesses. It's, I mean, it, we could – we honestly could change the world in a decade. Mm. Wow. Well, and we all know that if you can get 3 or 4% of the population all going in the same direction, you can absolutely shift the paradigm. Because I mean, we've seen that happen in the last two decades. We've seen major shifts in our country, in our culture, by a very small minority of the people. All right, so let's let, let's talk about in a group. They've got quite a great okay. story, and you highlight them in your book. Yeah. So a couple brothers got together, uh, and, and you know, it's, uh, let me a little bit of backstory here. Uh, in Holland, Michigan, they were. Uh, formerly employees of the Prince Corporation, and the Prince Corporation is a Christian-held business, very very clearly a Christian business, so they had that in their pedigree. And then they formed Enotech, and they wanted, they wanted to create, a, again, a kingdom business. They wanted to give glory to God in their business. And they've, they've, what they've done is establish a, a culture and a climate uh, that has spun off, I think right now, maybe six or seven other businesses, and uh, the other businesses, the Innotech folks own minority interest in all of them, but if they have someone come to the forefront with a concept or an idea or something, they'll, they'll help that person in the business own a minority share and then help, help them to, uh, to succeed. So the Innotech group now is a group of companies that all are, you know, have, the, have that same um, bloodline and that they're Christian organizations trying to give glory to God in their businesses. And Innotech does a couple things that are, you know, a little bit unusual. Uh, They very clearly in their mission statement, they clearly identify their purpose. Um, It's put it in writing, which is, by the way, one of the things to transform your own businesses. Give God the the, uh, acknowledgement in writing in your mission statement. But Innotech's done that. They they do things like uh, if you... If you will take two or three weeks uh, to go to, to, to do some work, some charity project, they will give that to that time off to you as a paid vacation, even though, you, I mean, it, it doesn't count for your vacation, but they'll give you the time to do that. Mm-hmm. And, everybody's, and everybody's encouraged to do that. So there's, there's little, little, you know, strategies and tactics and things like that throughout their culture that uh, just says we are, we are going to, Tried to use this business as a conduit for God's blessings. We're going to we're going to be a kingdom entity, and we're going to expand His kingdom through this business. All right, we got a lot of people listening today, Dave Kale, that really 
They want to understand this a little bit better, and they want to know how it applies to their work because they see the state of our country. They see the frustrations. They see so many hurting people who are lashing out that desperately need Jesus, and yet they see so many Christ followers going to work each and every day not understanding the significance of their work, the significance of their calling, the significance of the intentionality of our Heavenly Father placing them where they are each and every day in their job, no matter what that job may be. Let's let's dream just for a minute. If we were to, how do we turn this country right side up? How do we gain the influence in the pillars of culture, the pillars of a nation? How do we gain that, gain traction, and start flipping those things right side up again? Well, as 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 Christian businesses begin to expand, both uh, expand, each one expands and grows and. And you know, becomes the market leaders in all these different markets. As that begins to happen, as economic power sort of swells, political power follows that. And uh, you know, look look at some of you know we all are aware of some of the national Christian businesses. I'm thinking of Chick Fil A, you know, and Hobby Lobby, mm-hmm. who have taken stands uh, for for Christ in their business. And these are I mean, these are well-run businesses that are beginning to uh, to uh, increase their market share and become leaders in their industries. As that happens, political power follows the money, and as we as we grow in economic stature, both individual companies as well as the you know the Christian uh, economy in general, we will gain political power. And and the and the way I believe, it, and you know that's particularly. True in this country. I mean, America is built on business. Why not? Why not begin to do biblical business? You okay, know, well, why I gotta, not? I, but I got to ask you a question. We, we got a couple minutes left on the show. I want to ask this question because you know I love that that, that you're saying that economic success swells uh, political power. When when economic success swells, then political power swells as well. But how do we keep people that have gained this political influence from not being? negative with it because there's so much the minute somebody's got political power it's all about compromise and it's all about they they start making so much money and start twisting people how do you how do you take that political power to sway a nation to turn it right side up and not let it twist you internally well now now you're asking me a question outside of my area of expertise <laughs> <laughs> I am not a politician Jim I'm a business person <laughs> but 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 do you understand the danger there because if economic oh, yep, if sure, economic success sure. causes uh, political power we have to make sure how do we keep it from screwing people up I mean that's that's a big yeah, thing. all right yeah, let, sure. let's go positive then because we do live in a country where we still have freedom of so many things and the freedom to live out our faith and our work is one of those things. In the last minute or so, just share with our listeners about just a couple of steps they can take today to start recognizing the call to their job and how God wants to work alongside of them. Yeah. Well, you know, it begins just like, you know, go all the way back to those first moments of creation when God gave Adam his first job and then worked with him, teamwork on it. That is a precedent that comes through to to today. Expect, just acknowledge and expect God is going to work with you. He's going to be there. He wants to engage with you in your work. Mm. So, so, and the reason 
he hasn't, or we don't feel he has, is because we haven't been looking for him. Uh, Step mm. one, begin to look for him in your work. I mean, acknowledge him. Ask him to ask him to join you. Ask him to be a part of your day. See how see how that goes. Ask him to, to inform you and you know where are there opportunities to you know just show a little love compassion mm-hmm. to somebody. And that's we got we got that. I mean, that's a great starting point. Well, well, that's a good one. I love it, Dave Kale. Thanks for being on I Work Room today. Thanks for sharing the good book on business with our audience. Thank you, Dave. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. All right, make sure you check them out online, DaveKale.com, Dave, K-A-H-L-E.com. You've been listening to I Work Room with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.